Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, March 21st, 2019, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will react to the Mike Trout mega contract, which will then, of course, bring me into some thoughts on Mookie Betts and what's realistic for him Moving forward, what should Mookie ask for and what should the Boston Red Sox give him? I will open the show with that. And I also have some thoughts on the Boston Celtics who lost to the Philadelphia 76ers in Philadelphia last night on Wednesday night. The Celtics' second straight loss. And Kyrie Irving had some more interesting comments this week. I'll react to all of that. Presented by betonline.ag. It is the greatest time of year in basketball, March Madness, or as some would call it, March Money. Well, here at Podcast One Sportsnet, we're competing against each other in the Sportsnet Bracket, hashtag Sportsnet Bracket, on social media. And it's presented by our exclusive partners at betonline.ag. Sign up today at betonline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% sign-up bonus. And even if you didn't fill out a bracket, betonline.ag is still the perfect place to make your bets on all the action. The NCAA tournament is its probably begun by the time you listen to the show on Thursday, March 21st. It begins on this Thursday, March 21st. I don't count the first round games, the, the first four games, as the first round. I don't. The first round begins on Thursday of the NCAA tournament, and nobody's ever going to tell me different. But if you didn't get a chance to fill out a bracket and the games have already begun, well, go to betonline.ag and you can bet any game that you want. I have my eye on Duke on Friday, the number one seed Duke against number 16 seed North Dakota State. And I'm at betonline.ag right now, and I'm looking at the spread for this game. Duke is a 27-point favorite. All right, now Duke is the favorite to win it all at plus 250. And I told you early in the week, I'm taking Duke to win it all. And if you looked at the bracket that I posted on Twitter, at Danny Picard, then you will see that in my Sportsnet bracket presented by betonline.ag, I have picked Duke to win it all. And again, plus 250. In this first round game, though, against the 16th seed, I'm not saying Duke's going to lose. Obviously, I just told you they're going to win it all. They're going to beat. North Dakota State on Friday. But are they going to cover the 27 points? 27 points is a lot of points. And I know you see some blowouts in this tournament. But I think that 27 points is so high. I'm willing to take the points in the hope that even if it is a blowout, there's some type of backdoor cover where Duke sits Zion Williamson. They sit their starters. You know, Williamson sits. and, And maybe North Dakota State get some buckets late, and covers the 27 points. I'm taking North Dakota State with the points. Obviously not taking Duke to to lose the game. Not taking North Dakota State to win the game. But I'm going to take the 27 points. That's that's very high. But uh, that's just something else that you could do at betonline.ag right now for the NCAA tournament. So go place your bets today at betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner, of Podcast One Sportsnet, betonline.ag. Am I not supposed to say NCAA tournament during that read? I'm sorry. I did. We're not doing it again, okay? I March Madness. I, I, I'll say NCAA tournament on this show, the entire show. But I can't say it during that read? I just did. What are we, what, what's going to happen? You're going to take my... They're going to end the show? Are you going to cancel the show? All right, we all know what it is. We all know what begins. And uh, I'm not going to break down the NCAA tournament for you. Um, So I'll end the NCAA tournament talk right there. Today's show also presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK-PIC. That's promo code PICK-PIC to play for free with your first deposit at DraftKings.com, and today's show also presented by IV League Hydration. Look better, feel better, and perform better by jumping on the IV. And you might still be recovering 
from what was probably a very long St. Patrick's Day weekend, as it usually is, and you probably had one too many drinks. Well, don't bother with the Gatorade. Don't bother with a bottle of Poland Springs or even paying so much money for a bottle of Pedialyte. That stuff tastes disgusting anyways. Here's what you got to do. Call IV League Hydration or go to their website, ivleaguehydrate.com. That's ivleaguehydrate.com, and you can set up an appointment at their location in Southie, or here's the best part. They can come to you. They'll toss you on the IV, and this is the best hangover remedy that you are going to get. I guarantee it. You will feel like a million bucks after. But IV League Hydration is not just for hangovers. IV League Hydration can help you with cold and flu symptoms, jet lag before a big meeting, or even your athletic performance. I know many pro athletes who use IV hydration as part of their normal routine to perform at the highest level. And again, here's the best part. They can come to you. The website, ivleaguehydrate.com. That's ivleaguehydrate.com. Go there right now to see all of their different IV hydration packages. Look better, feel better, and perform better with IV League Hydration. Welcome to the show on this Thursday, March 21st. And the spring is in the air. It's getting warmer. You know, it is brighter out later in the day. Baseball has begun. That's right. The regular season has begun. At least two games have begun. The Seattle Mariners and the Oakland A's have played two games in Japan at the Tokyo Dome. And so the official start to the Major League Baseball season has begun. Here's the problem. Now Seattle and Oakland will... Hit the pause button on the regular season. Major League Baseball will hit the pause button on the regular season. And they will go back to some spring training games until next week. Here locally with the Red Sox. The Red Sox will begin their regular season one week from today. Next Thursday in Seattle. And again, Seattle just played their first two games of the regular season. And they won both games. They beat Oakland. uh, But the Red Sox will be in Seattle next Thursday Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of four-game series, and then just checking out the rest of the Red Sox schedule. It's a West Coast trip for the Red Sox to begin because then they'll go to Oakland for four games and then to Arizona for three games before the home opener on Tuesday, April 9th against Toronto. So that's the way the season will begin. For the Red Sox, like I said, Seattle's already begun their season Winning two games, but the story with those two games has to be the Ichiro Suzuki one last sayonara as Ichiro said goodbye to the game. He called it quits. They pulled him in the eighth inning. He was in the outfield. They pulled him in the eighth inning, got a standing ovation at the Tokyo Dome, and it was a special moment. If you haven't seen the video, make sure you go see it. Ichiro, 45 years old. 45 years old. Doesn't that make you feel old to know that Ichiro is 45? I know it makes me feel old. But he was pulled from the field, gets the standing ovation, gives everybody a hug. It's a great moment. Ichiro, such a special player in baseball, for baseball. He is the only player in Major League Baseball history to win the batting title, Rookie of the Year, and MVP in his first season in 2001. Here's the... You know, what's a shame, here's the, the, is it the beef or the issue, however you want to put it. It's a shame that we only got to see Ichiro in the postseason twice, in 2001 and then in 2012, 2012, because he is a Hall of Fame player. You go look at his numbers. It's insane. And go look at that rookie year in 2001 where I just told you he won the batting title. Hit 350. Had 56 stolen bases, 242 hits, and he played 157 games. So he only had five games off. There were only five games he didn't play. Um, 34 doubles. Only only had eight home runs and 69 RBIs. But again, the 350 batting average. I mean, You know, Ichiro had a tremendous career. You can go up and down. He hit 372 one year in 2004. Hit 351. Hit 352. Um, I mean, this guy was a special player. He's a Hall of Fame player. And now his career is over. And I feel old saying that and seeing this moment in Japan. But it was a special moment at the Tokyo Dome. So if you haven't watched it, 
go watch it. it it's a cool moment. And um, I guess it's a shame that we only got to see him in the postseason twice. And, you know, he never really won anything. In 2001, the Mariners, who had an awesome regular season, they, what did they win, 116 games that year? Is that what, I, is that what they did? Uh, they lost in the ALCS to the Yankees, right? Am I thinking of the right year? And then they went in 2012, they lost in the ALDS. So Ichiro, one last sayonara, and the regular season, like I said, in Major League Baseball now put a pause. They'll get back to spring training games. Usually I say this is dumb, but I can't say it's too dumb seeing how special and how cool of a moment that was for Ichiro. So how dumb is it? I don't know. Well, I'll forget about it in about a month when the regular season is in full swing here in the States. So uh, that is the news with the regular season and the schedule. With regards to players and contracts, another major contract was dished out. Mike Trout signs a 12-year, $430 million deal to stay with the Angels. 12 years, $430 million. It is the largest contract in the history of North American sports. <laughs> you know what's funny about that? We always go, the largest contract. Like, the initial reaction is always the largest contract in the history of sports. And then we have to clarify it about two hours later on all the news stories where they have to edit it and go, oh, it's the largest contract in the history of North American sports because we always forget that the soccer players over in Europe make more money than anybody in the history of the world. And there's some other, even some fighters out there who have made uh, even bigger money. So we have to clarify and say the largest contract in the history of North American sports. But that's what Mike Trout gets. 12 years, $430 million. That comes out to $36 million a year. $36 million a year. And my reaction to that is, I mean, good for the Angels. Great for Trout. You know, did the Angels want to lose Mike Trout? No. Mike Trout could have been a free agent. Not next winter, but the winter after that, after the 2020 season. So Trout was under contract for the next two years, for the next two seasons, this season in 2019 and next season in 2020. Um, I don't think the Angels had to do anything right now. But I think that what Trout and his agent probably saw was the Bryce Hopper contract, which was a 13-year, $330 million deal. Before that, they saw the Manny Machado contract, a 10-year, $300 million deal. Uh, in between, they probably saw the Nolan Arenado contract, which wasn't exactly 300 mil, but is still a pretty big deal, average annual in the mid-20s. So, um, you know, Trout sees this stuff. He knows his age. He understands what is upcoming in a couple winters from now. And I also think they have their eye on, you know, the, the upcoming CBA, which I believe ends, is it end after 2020 or 2021? The Major League Baseball current CBA with the Players Union. It's coming up. It's in the next couple of years. And, and and all of those factors. I think Mike Trout and the Angels got together and they said, let's get something done and let's get, let's get something done now. Trout says to him, you don't want to lose me. And the Angels say to Trout, we don't want to lose you. What can make it happen? And this is what made it happen. $430 million for 12 years. $36 million a year. And here in Boston, and not just here in Boston, I think throughout Major League Baseball, everybody's wondering, well, is this the market value? Like, is $430 million the market value for an MVP caliber player now in this sport? Is it? Um, I mean, I'd like to think that the market value probably is somewhere closer to Bryce Hopper and Manny Machado's deal. Somewhere like 300 to 330 mil. Like, I, you know, 430 mil is getting nuts. The Angels got nuts. But that's what it was going to take to keep Trout around. And people want to know now what's it going to take for the Red Sox to keep Mookie Betts around. That's the big name. Because after the 2020 season, the big names in free agency was supposed to be Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. MVP caliber players. Mookie Betts is the reigning American League MVP. Trout, you know, is a two-time AL MVP. Trout, it seems like it's votes every year. Mookie 
gets vo- has obviously got votes a couple times now. Um, and here he is, the actual MVP this year, this past year. So people kind of put Betts and Trout, you know, 26, 27 years old, in the same category, not just for the numbers and the resume, but also because of the contract status and that both guys were scheduled to be free agents after the 2020 season. Both had two years left in the current deals. And now that Trout is signed and will no longer be a free agent in 2020, all eyes will be on Mookie Betts. He will be the premier, unless I'm, I don't have the list in front of me. I don't have the list in front of me. So I'm, maybe I'm missing a big name. But is there anybody that's going to be, or scheduled to be a free agent after the 2020 season that's as big a name as Mookie Betts? That, that's achieved as much as Mookie Betts? You know, now you talk about uh, a championship under his belt. To go along with the MVP? Um, I, no, Mookie Betts is the premier name on that free agent list. And everybody, not just in Boston, but I think everybody in baseball wants to know, oh, if Mike Trout signs a $430 million deal, what's Mookie Betts going to want? Because usually the way this thing works is as the years go on, the contracts, you know, they increase. Those numbers get bigger. I never thought we'd see $430 mil, but here we are. And... If you had told me maybe four or five years ago that somebody would get a $430 million deal, I would have told you that I'd be going nuts over that because that's a crazy amount of money and nobody should be dishing that out. I'm not going nuts about it, and I don't know that anybody is, mainly because, you know, it's Mike Trout's one of the best players in the game, if not the best player in the game. And... I think maybe you want to blame anybody. You can blame the Phillies for giving Hopper 330 mil. You can blame the Padres for giving Manny Machado 300 mil. You could even blame the Red Sox for giving David Price $31 million a year. Right? That's a, that's a lot of money per year. So the Red Sox are even a team that's maybe to blame for that too. And as we go on, especially in a sport where there's no salary cap, there's no hard salary cap, the numbers are just going to increase. And nobody, I don't think, is going nuts about 430 mil for Mike Trout, but I think people want to know, well, is, is you know, are we going to reach a point where that's it? Like, that's going to be the highest deal ever? Or is somebody going to get more than that? And if there is somebody that's going to get more than that, who would it be? Again, all eyes on Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts, 26 years old right now, I told his contract status now. He's arbitration eligible next year for the 2020 season, right? He was arbitration eligible this year, and he signed a one-year $20 million deal with the Red Sox to avoid arbitration. So they're giving him 20 mil. Next year, if Mookie, next winter, before the last year of his deal, he'll go, you know, if he wants to avoid arbitration again, he'll probably get a $25 million deal. They'll probably sign him next year to like a one-year, $25 million deal. They, they probably will. That, will. that will be what happens if, if Mookie does not want to sign an extension. And the way it looks right now, Mookie Betts does not want to sign an extension right now. And I'm not just assuming that based on what I hear. It's actually what I hear. It's actually what Mookie Betts is saying. Mookie Betts talked to reporters yesterday on Wednesday after all this Mike Trout $430 million contract stuff came out, Mookie was asked about the contract, and he implied that he will be testing free agency after the 2020 season. Here's his quote. He said, and I quote, I don't expect anything to happen until I'm a free agent. End quote. That is from Mookie Betts. Yesterday on Wednesday, March 20th, he said, I don't expect anything to happen until I'm a free agent. Which tells you what? It tells you that him and his agent are sitting there going, we're going to test free agency. Which also tells you that if you're going to test free agency, then, you know, your eyes, your eyes lit up when you saw the Mike Trout contract. And you're seeing, you're seeing green, man. Like, you're going into the 2020 offseason, after the 2020 season, and you are going to the highest bidder. Like, that's what, it, that's what it tells me. Now, Mookie Betts had a couple other comments about his future and potential contracts and what he potentially could be asking for. 
Betts went on to tell the media on Wednesday that he does love it in Boston. He said the words. He said, I, I love it here in Boston. But he also said, quote, but that doesn't mean I want to sell myself short of my value. End quote. That doesn't mean I want to sell myself short of my value. End quote. So Mookie Vets says, I don't expect to sign anything until I'm a free agent. And he said, listen, I love Boston. But that doesn't mean I want to sell myself short of my value. It doesn't. So what does that, like, what does that tell you? Where does that tell you Mookie Betts' head is at? It tells me his head is at mega contract, highest paid player in the game. Um, you know, I want that Mike Trout deal. And not only do I want that Mike Trout deal, I want more than Mike Trout. That All this stuff that he said yesterday, I, I, I think you're right on the money if you're thinking the way I'm thinking, which is Mookie Betts wants to be the highest paid player in the history of North American sport. He wants to go out in two years and make more than Mike Trout and pull in more than Mike Trout. And you know what? If he can get that, good for him. Good for him. My stance on professional athletes is if you want to go out and you want to get the big money deal, right? If you want to do that, then go get it. Go make it happen. Go get it done. If you want to take a hometown discount, which I, I, which I don't think, he should do, then you're going to get a lot of people upset with you. You're going to get the players union upset with you. You're going to, first of all, that's just not going to happen. As we heard yesterday, Mookie Betts is not going to take a hometown discount. It's just not going to happen. Um, so if you're a star player and you have the opportunity to go out and get as much money as you possibly can and even potentially get more money than $430 million, then go do it. That is your right. You have a lot of players around professional sports that envy your position. You have a lot of NFL players that are sitting there going, like J.J. Watt tweeted out. He tweeted out to, I think, his own team. He said, hey, I look like Mike Trout. Could I get $430 million fully guaranteed? Now, it was kind of a joke, J.J. Watt. But the reality of it is J.J. Watt makes $16 million a year average annual salary and plays a much more physical sport than baseball. And J.J. Watt's contract isn't fully guaranteed. So J.J. Watt might have been looking like he was kidding. But was he really kidding? No, it, it was... He, I thought he was pretty much serious, even though he put the, the laughing emojis on there. I, I think that J.J. Watt would love to be in Mike Trout's position and... He'd love to be in Mookie Betts' position. Most professional athletes would. So, Mookie, if you can get the money, go get it. I think he has the right to that. I'm not going to blame him if he does that. Um, I think that, you know, he 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 should go out and he shouldn't settle for he shouldn't settle for anything. I wrote in a column for the Boston Metro this week that Mookie Betts, looking at the Mike Trout deal, looking at all the money that's being thrown around, look at what Mookie Betts is, and now that he's the premier free agent in Major League Baseball – after the 2020 season, he should not settle for anything. He should not settle for hometown discount. I don't even know if the Red Sox are offering hometown discounts. What I do know is that the Red Sox have made Mookie Betts offers. According to Joel Sherman of the New York Post, Mookie Betts rejected an eight-year, $200 million deal after the 2017 season, which comes out to $25 million per year. So Mookie rejected... An eight-year, $200 million deal. Now, that was 2017. Some people have tried to use that number. This was just reported the other day. Joel Sherman of the New York Post said Mookie rejected this eight-year, $200 million deal. Some people are looking at that and bringing it into the current contract stuff and going, wow, they lowball Mookie bets. Well, no. They didn't, just, they didn't just offer him 200 mil over eight years the other day. They did that in 2017, two years ago. So at the time that they offered that deal, that was actually, that's actually a pretty good deal. That's a pretty good deal. But Mookie said no, and Mookie obviously, seeing the numbers and the money that we see dished out now, Mookie played it right. If he's going for the money, if he wants the huge contract, and he's looking at the market, and he's going, these numbers are going up, these contracts are going up, I'm not, I'm not going for a $200 million deal, I'm going for more, I'm going for 300 I might even be going for 400 Mookie played it the right way. You can't say that the Red Sox lowballed them, though, because in 2017, 
A $200 million deal over eight years for Mookie Betts was pretty damn good value. That's not lowballing. Now, if the Red Sox had offered that, to, if they offered that deal to Mookie Betts tomorrow, obviously we're talking about lowballing them. Yeah, yeah. Considering the market and the, the money that's been dished out, of course, he's the MVP. That would be lowballing if they did it now, but they didn't do it now. They did it two years ago, and Mookie Betts rejected it. So again, all this stuff, it just looks like, as I tweeted, shit's about to get real. And when I say real, I mean, you know, we got a pretty big story on our hands now for the next year and a half with this Red Sox team. And Mookie Betts, his contract situation, because if he continues to play like an MVP, which I expect him to do, when he's a free agent after the 2020 season, he'll be 28 years old, and it'll be time for him to get paid. The question is, will the Red Sox give it to him? Well, one thing that Mookie Betts also said was that he wanted to be tre- that He said this yesterday on Wednesday as he was talking about how he doesn't expect anything to happen until he's a free agent, how he was talking about how he loves Boston, but he doesn't want to sell himself short of his value. He said he wants to be treated fairly. His next contract, he wants to be treated fairly. And I guess the question now with Mookie Betts is, what's fair? What is fair? You know, he wants to be treated fair. What is fair? I don't know. I, I, we don't know the answer to that question. Is, is Mookie's definition of fair being the highest paid player in baseball? Or is Mookie's definition of fair being the highest paid player on the Red Sox while still being in the ballpark as some of these other mega contracts, right? Because there is a difference between Bryce Hopper's mega contract and Mike Trout's mega contract. Like, is is Mookie's definition of fair being somewhere in the middle of Bryce Hopper and Mike Trout, right? Is Mookie's definition somewhere in between Bryce Hopper and Mike Trout while being the highest paid player on the Red Sox, like, is that his definition? Or is he, is Mookie's definition of fair looking at Mike Trout and going, I deserve more than him? Is that his definition of fair? We're going to, we're going to, I mean, I, we're going to find out. But here's the deal. Again, I'm not going to blame, if Mookie's definition of fair is, I want to be the highest paid player in baseball, I'm not going to blame him for that. Because if you can get it, go get it. Good for you. Again, there's a lot of people that envy your position around pro sports, and the players' union is certainly going to hope you go for that, right? If you don't go for that and you can get it, some people might be mad at you. You know, it's obviously his decision. But if he leaves and takes a, a, the largest contract, a bigger contract than Trout somewhere else, then I won't blame him for that. But if I'm the Red Sox, now we get to the Red Sox side. If I'm the Red Sox... Am I going to offer Mookie Betts a contract that's similar to Trout or even maybe more than Trout? And while I think Mookie should get paid and I think he shouldn't settle for anything, if I'm the Red Sox, and you might be shocked to hear me say this, there's no way I am making Mookie Betts the highest paid player in the history of baseball. The highest paid player, the highest paid athlete in North American sports. There's no way I'm doing it. There's no, there is, you have a, if I'm running the Red Sox, I love Mookie Betts. I want to see him stay in Boston for the rest of his career. I think he deserves a mega contract like some of these guys, but there is no chance in hell if I'm the Red Sox, I am giving Mookie Betts more than Mike Trout just got. There's no chance. There's no, there's 0% chance of that happening. So what's the deal? That, that, that I would offer him if I'm the Red Sox. Here's what I would say. I would say, all right, Mookie, you want to be fair. Here's fair. We think the Trout deal's outrageous. We think it's a little too much, right? So here's fair for us and what we think should be fair for you. We are going to make you the highest paid player on the Red Sox, all right? We're going to make you the highest paid player on the team. So we obviously have to give you more than 30, 31 million a year. So we'll call it, we'll call you the highest paid player on the Red Sox. We'll call it $33 million a year. $33 million a season. We're not going to go 12 years. We're not going to go 13 years. We'll give you a 10-year deal. Because you're going to be 28 by the time you sign it. Unless, you know, you want, if you want to do it now, then we'll make it a 12-year deal. 
But if you want to wait till free agency, you know, then then we'll do it that way. But you know, if it's a ten year deal at thirty three million a year, that's three hundred and thirty million dollars. That's the same total amount as the Bryce Harper contract. Ten years, three hundred and thirty mil. But if you wanted to do it now, and you wanted to make it a twelve year deal, you know, we'll we'll. I don't know, we'll scrap this year and, and next year and we'll make it a 12-year deal. Here you go. 12 years at $33 million, right? That is, is my math correct here? Close to $400 million a year. Excuse me, close to $400 million. $390 million for 12 years. To me, if I'm the Red Sox, that's what I offer them. That's a fair deal. And if Mookie rejects that, then we'll know. He's going for 450. Oh, Trout got 430? Mookie's going for 450. If he rejects that, we'll know. We will know. No question about it. We will know. Um, and if he wants, if he can get that and he wants to get it, I'm not good for him. Go get it. Go get it. But if I'm the Red Sox, there is no way I'm I'm making Mookie Betts the highest paid player in, in the history of North American sports. Like, I, I'm sorry, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I love Mookie Betts, but I'm not doing that. But I will I will give him a whole heck of a lot. I will give him anywhere from 330 to 390 mil over 10 to 12 years. I'll give him 33 to 35 million a year. I'll do that. I will do that. But I'm not going all the way 430. I'm not getting nuts with 450. I'm not getting close to 500 million. I'm just not doing it. Sorry, I'm not. And I don't, I don't think the Red Sox are going to do that either. So the question really becomes now, what is fair to Mookie Betts? When he says, I want to be treated fairly, what is that? What is that? What does he believe is fair? What does he believe his value is? I'd say that's, you know, even if he gave a guy a $390 million contract, I'd say that's pretty good value. I don't think that's a slap in the face. It's certainly not a slap in the face. It would be a slap in the face if they offered him the eight-year, $200 million deal now that they offered him two years ago. That would be a slap in the face. I don't think the Red Sox are going to do that. A slap in the face. You also got to keep in mind, they have other guys to sign here. You know, Chris Sale. Talk about Xander Bogarts. If J.D. Martinez opts out, what are you going to do with him? Uh, Rick Porcello is going to be a free agent. Now, I don't, I'm not putting Rick Porcello on the same, on the same level as them. And Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to be a free agent. And I still don't even put Jackie Bradley Jr. on the same level as those guys. But I would say Sale, Bogots, and Mookie are three guys. You know, and you, I guess you hope J.D. Martinez stays in his current contract. But again, he sees all this money. He might opt out one of these next couple of years if he hits 40 home runs again. So there's a lot of stuff that... There's a lot of stuff that could happen. There's a lot of stuff the Red Sox need to do, and you need to take into account that it's they got to take care of more than one guy. they got to take care of more than one guy. And I think if you're the Red Sox, I think here's your argument with Mookie and his agent. It's like, well, you know what? We're not going to give him $500 million because we're seeing what the Angels are doing with Trout, and while Trout deserves all that type of money, you know, there has to be a little give and take if you still want us to spend some money in other spots to, to continue to compete for championship. Are the Angels going to compete? Mike Trout has made the playoffs once. He is one for 12 with a batting average, what, 0.83? Like, and they're going to lock him up to a $430 million deal. Are they going to be able to do anything else that helps that organization compete? Like, we'd like to do both. We'd like to keep Mookie around on a mega contract and also maybe keep a couple of these other guys whose contracts are going to be up so that we can continue to compete for a championship. So, you know, I think the if a deal's going to be had with Mookie and the Red Sox, there's going to have to be some type of... There's going to have to be something Mookie's, Mookie does to say... I don't want to get as much as Mike Trout. Exactly. I don't want to make more than Mike Trout. I mean, hey, if but if if that's in Mookie's head, then maybe he can get it. I I think he's gone. I don't want to talk about trading Mookie because there's a lot of time you can discuss this stuff. I don't. I think it's too early to talk trade with Mookie Betts. Way too early. Like if you're going to talk trade and you're like we got moves to make, we got too many players. We can't sign them all. I think the trade you make, I think you trade Jackie Bradley Jr. 
I think you trade Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, I wouldn't trade Bogots, but I would entertain entertain trading Bogots before I would entertain trading Mookie Betts. Uh, I would entertain trading J.D. Martinez before I entertain trading Mookie Betts. So, like, Mookie's not the guy I'm thinking of if we're going to talk about potential trades here in the next year and a half. So you get some time. Talking about trading Mookie Betts is kind of a, I think, kind of a foolish conversation to have right now. But what's not a foolish conversation to have is how much is it going to take to keep Mookie Betts around? And even prevent him from going to free agency. Because he just said it. I'm going to free agency. Is there something you could throw at him right now to prevent that from happening and get him locked up right now? And I think, you know, much like I told you the contract I would give Chris Sale right now, I think what I say to Mookie from the Red Sox is, look, here's, we're going to be fair to you. We're going to make you the highest paid player in the Red Sox organization. Okay? Anywhere from 33 to $35 million a year. Right, we'll say we'll say thirty three, thirty four. Um, if you want to do it now, we'll make it a twelve year deal. If you want to wait a year or two, then we'll make it a ten year deal, and it's you know anywhere from three thirty to three ninety million total. It's more than Hopper. It's more than Machado. It's not as much as Trout, but again, there's some other things that we need to do if we want to be a contender. So that's the deal we're offering you. If I'm the Red Sox, that's what I offer. If Mookie comes back and says, nope, Trout got 430, I want 450. If I'm the Red Sox, I say, sorry, then you're going to have to hit free agency because we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And I know you could say all you want about the market and where we are with Major League Baseball and, and superstar plays or what they get paid. The Red Sox are now on a stretch here going back to 2004 where they've won multiple championships. They've had some big-name players in this organization. And... Uh, you know, they've had some legends come through here, and I am not going to give Mookie Betts, I'm just not giving Mookie Betts $450 million. I'm sorry, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And I don't, I don't think the Red Sox should. I don't think they will. But there's still a mega contract to give this guy, right? I mean, it's saying something if you're going to make close to $35 million a year and be the highest paid player in your team. Over ten to twelve years, over ten to twelve years, that's still a pretty mega monster contract. If you're going to say that's unfair, then you have one goal in mind, and that's to become the highest paid player in North American sports history, higher than Mike Trout. And if I'm the Red Sox, I'm saying, well, we can't make that happen for you. Good luck somewhere else, though. And if Mookie can get that, good for him. Good for him. But if I'm the Red Sox, I'm not giving it to him. So that's where I stand on all this. I think there there needs to be a middle ground with a mega contract that's not the largest contract in in North American sports history. There's got to be. And if if Mookie doesn't want that, then you part ways. And if if you offer that to him now and he rejects it, I don't think you, first of all, I don't don't think that's going to happen now. I think you at least play this year out if you're the Red Sox because you never know. Next winter, as we talk about entering Mookie's final year on his contract, I think that's when you make the offer that I just talked about. That's when you make the offer that I just talked about. And if he rejects it next winter, then next offseason, next winter, you entertain a potential trade for Mookie Betts. Right? That's when you entertain that. But right now, it's too early to talk about trade. But I told you the deal I'd give him. It's a mega contract. The question is, what is fair in Mookie Betts' mind? I We don't know the answer to that yet. We don't know the answer to that. It kind of sounds like, it kind of sounds like that, you know, the $390 million deal is not going to get it done. As crazy as that might sound. Like, if I had told you last week before the Trout stuff, just knowing the Hopper contract at 330, 330 mil, and the Machado contract at 300 mil, if I had told you last week, that the Red Sox would offer Mookie Betts potentially a $390 million deal, but it would sound like he would reject that. We would all say, what is he, nuts? You think he's going to get more than that? Well, now that we see Trout's $430 million contract, it isn't so nuts to think that he would reject a 360 to $390 million contract, right? So... Look, it's a product of the market. It's a product of the money that's being dished out by other teams, the big-name players. And I think the Red Sox, though, need to, you know, they got to, 
they got to consider all their other options too. They have to consider everything that they're going to have to do now in the next couple of years. And it's a lot. And it's a lot. Um, so I, I, that's, that's how I see this playing out. But again, we have to let this season play out before we really get, I think, back and forth into Red Sox office and counter proposals. Cause it sounds like Mookie isn't negotiating anything right now, which might be a smart move on his part. Might be a smart move. They can get back to the drawing board next off season, but you know, it's a fun conversation to have and and wonder what it's going to take to keep Mookie Betts around. But I'm telling you right now, I would not make him the highest paid athlete in North American sports history. I just, I just wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't do it. And not to say I wouldn't pay him a lot. I would. I'm going to pay him close to $400 million. That's a lot of money. But I'm not paying him 500 mil. I'm not paying him close to 500 mil. Sorry, not doing it. So um, that's where we stand with Mookie, the Red Sox, Major League Baseball. If anything happens on that front at all at any point during the season, I'll react to it. Uh, But as we await the beginning of the Major League Baseball season for the Red Sox, we also have our eye on getting close to the beginning of the NBA playoffs and the Stanley Cup playoffs. And in the NBA, obviously here in Boston, we have our eye on the Celtics, and the Celtics lost to the 76ers on Wednesday night. Marcus Smart was ejected in the third quarter for pushing Joel Embiid. They could have used Smart, especially for defensive purposes late in that game because it was a close one. Yeah, Jimmy Butler hit a couple big shots late. Uh, Joel Embiid with some post-game commentary calling himself the most unstoppable force in the NBA. I do not think that's true. And I not just because I think Joel Embiid is an absolute clown, but I, I just don't think it's true in general. I don't, I don't think he's the most unstoppable force at all. Um, but Philly, you know, they had a nice time beating the Celtics. And <laughs> it's funny, after the game, there was some quotes coming out of the Celtics' room. I believe it was Terry Rozier. I read a quote on Twitter after the game in which he said, I was expecting the confetti to be falling in Philly. Because, you know, he felt that the 76ers... He felt like they reacted to that win as if that was their championship moment. And it's obviously not. It's obviously not. And I do not think that loss to the 76ers last night for the Celtics is the end of the world. In fact, we could all sit here and go, well, we wish Marcus Smart wasn't ejected. You know, he can't lose his cool like that because it might have cost them the game. You know what? I didn't mind the Marcus Smart ejection. I obviously don't like the result of the game, and I know that Marcus Smart could have factored in to maybe changing the result of that game if he was was not ejected. But Marcus Smart, he gets, what was it, an elbow from Joel Embiid? He gets up, and he just pushes Embiid to the ground, shoves him to the ground. It was a big push. It was a hard push. I don't even think Joel Embiid dove. I think he literally was not expecting a push from behind like that from Marcus Smart, who is kind of an animal, and a hothead, and he gets ejected because of it, but I'm not going to lie. Even though it might have affected the outcome of the game, I do not hate what Smart did. I don't. Every once in a while, I think you can cross the line. Now, if Smart did that in Game 5 of the Eastern Conference semifinals, and they lose the series, or they end up going down 3-2 to two because of that in a series, then we got a bigger issue. Then there's a bigger problem. Celtics didn't lose a playoff game last night. Celtics didn't lose a playoff series last night. And you could look at the standings and say, well, the Celtics now entering this Thursday, March 21st, the Celtics had a five-seed in the East. If the playoffs began today, they'd be playing the four-seed Indiana Pacers. The Celtics are game behind the Pacers for the four-seed. The Celtics are now four games out of the three-seed with Philly. Um, you know, Celtics could still move into the four seed, and I really think, and I've been saying this the last couple of weeks, that's kind of what this is all about right now, is getting home court in the first round. So, so you got to be the four seed, at least, right? So that's what it's all about. And that can happen. Celtics play Indiana a couple more times, right? I believe two. If not, at least one, I think. That can They can do that. 
And you can get home court, and you can beat the Pacers in the first round. You can beat the Pacers in the first round. Now, so, you know, yeah, the watch last night, the Philly, could it end up hurting them in the in the standings with the seeding? Yeah, it could, but it wasn't a playoff game last night. Celtics didn't lose a playoff game last night. And if you end up running into Philadelphia at any point in the playoffs, there will be that elephant in the room that is Marcus Smart is ready to throw down at any point and maybe instill some fear into the eyes of the Philadelphia 76ers. A 76ers team that, let's be honest, has turned into a puddle in the playoffs. So, I did not mind the Marcus Smart push on Joel Embiid. I didn't. I didn't mind it. In fact, the more I think about it, the more I talk about it, the more I see it, the more I love it. The more I love it. There's a tone that it sets. Some people won't like me saying this, but there's a tone that that push sets. Marcus Smart, there's good and there's bad. You got to take the bad with the good. And the good is that this guy is a presence on that court. And other teams sense it. And that presence becomes a whole lot more powerful after a moment like that with Joel Embiid. In a game that's not a playoff game. I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. I I am. In fact, the more I talk about it, think about it, and see it, I love it. I love it. But the Celtics, you know, here's what I hate. Here's what I didn't like at all is like, Literally, milliseconds after the final buzzer, Celtics lose the game. The Celtics are all, like, hugging the 76s like like they're all best friends. Like, enough. At some point, just walk off the court. This is a rivalry. It's late in the season. You got Smart pushing people, and you got Kyrie and, and the rest of his teammates hugging people. It's like, no, those are two different things. I'll take the push from behind over the hugs right after the game. Like, come on now. You know, this is another reason why someone like Kyrie is so tough to root for. And not just that, but Kyrie Irving had some comments during the week in which he came out to the media and said that he's definitely taken some games off before the playoffs. He said it. Um, I think it's just the way he says things. I think it's just the words that he uses. It's like, you know, we live in a town where we're used to having a championship team in this town, the New England Patriots. And what's their go-to catchphrase? No days off. So you get the Patriots going, no days off. And then you get Kyrie talking to the media going, oh, we're definitely going to take some days off. <laughs> like, it's just, I'll root for the team that says, no, there's no days off. Yeah, we're banged up, but so is everybody else. I'll take that team. I'll root for that team harder than I root for the team that go, comes out and says, oh, you know what, I... Yeah, I'm going to take a couple... Oh, no doubt, I'm taking a couple days off before the playoffs. I get what he's saying, like, you're getting some rest. The playoffs matter more than the regular season at this point. It's all about being healthy. I get it. But I think there's just a certain way to go about everything. I, I understand Kyrie doesn't care about that. Kyrie doesn't care about you, the Celtics fan, and how you're going to react to anything. Kyrie doesn't care about the rivalries or the players that we hate in this town. Uh, He doesn't care about that. He's going to praise LeBron. He's going to hug the 76ers right after games. A game in which you almost saw a fight because one of your teammates pushed Joel Embiid. Um, You know, Kyrie doesn't care that this is a town that, that is obsessed with championships right now, that has a team in this town that keeps winning championships, whose catchphrase is no days off. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't. Okay. And because of that, I think his attitude rubs us the wrong way with a lot of stuff. Meaning, you know, making it tough to root for him. It's tough to root for him. Much like it was tough to, it's tough to root for David Price. But you know what David Price did? And I I hope Kyrie Irving can do this too. David Price went out, took a team on his back and won a championship and dominated. Can Kyrie do that in the playoffs? If he can, we might, we'll probably forget about all this stuff until he goes and signs with the Knicks or the Lakers, right? So it is all about the playoffs, and I get what he's saying. It's just the way that he says it, how he says it, and just saying it at all. You can take some days off, get some rest, by, and not say what you said this week. You can. But 
the Celtics team, one thing is very clear. They have not adopted the Patriot way. And something I've been saying for months is like, can you just can we just get this Celtics team in the same room as Bill Belichick? Let Bill Belichick talk to these guys for like 20 minutes. I'm telling you right now, it'll do wonders with the way they handle the media. At least give it a shot. Could it hurt? Can't hurt. Can't hurt. But um, they're going to handle it the way they want to handle it at this point, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. But when they get to the playoffs, if Kyrie can dominate and help this team get to the finals and maybe even win a championship, is that going to happen? I don't know. I, w- I mean, you know, I'm not putting my money on it right now, but I think they have so much talent that it's possible they make a run in the East, and if they get into the East Finals, then, you know, then it's then it's going to be real. Then the run will be real. They have that much talent. But I think they kind of have to get over that hump of that first and second round first. And we won't know if what they'll look like until we get there. At this point, we really will not know. We really won't. But sometimes you just hate the way it sounds, right? I hate the way it sounds sometimes. And I obviously didn't like the way it looked in Philly on Wednesday night. But it wasn't a playoff game. They could have used Smart late. But I actually did like Smart pushing Embiid. It sets a certain tone. And if the Celtics end up somehow meeting the 76ers in the playoffs, which is possible still, then Embiid will remember that. The 76ers will remember that. And if there's any little pushing and shoving or... Any little bumps or fouls, hot fouls in that series, you know, maybe Philly won't drive to the basket as hard. Maybe Philly will be a little hesitant to play physical when Marcus Smart is on the floor. Uh, it, it sets a tone, I'm telling you right now. And it could end up benefiting the Celtics in the playoffs, so that's why I didn't mind that one bit on Wednesday night. But uh, anything else that happens with the Celtics, or like I said, anything else that happens with the Red Sox moving forward, I will react to it. I'll keep an eye on the NCAA tournament this weekend, and if anything crazy there happens, I will react on Monday. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Get this show wherever you want, anywhere podcasts are available. Podcast One, iTunes, Spotify. Follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, oh, my website too, dannypicard.com. And don't forget my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash dannypicard. And, you know, if you're looking for another podcast outside of this and you're a wrestling fan, then I highly suggest my new weekly wrestling podcast with Matt Taven from Ring of Honor. Uh, jump on board with Matt Taven now because he is, if he's not already one of the biggest names in the wrestling industry, he will be. He is in the main event at Madison Square Garden for the Ring of Honor New Japan Pro G1 Supercard, April 6th, the night before WrestleMania, but a huge match. They've sold out Madison Square Garden. Matt Taven versus Jay Lethal versus Marty Skrull in a triple threat ladder match for the Ring of Honor World Championship. I will be in the building for that, and um, it's going to be a special moment. But Matt and myself, we have a new podcast. We're three episodes in. We've got some big guests that we've already had on. We have even bigger guests coming on. Episode 3, we had WWE's Mike Kanellis, who's part of the 205 Live brand. Uh, He was known as Mike Bennett in Ring of Honor, New Japan, and TNA. But uh, Mike Kanellis joined the show in Episode 3, and it is out now, so make sure you go check that out. The show is called Take a Bump. It's on iTunes and Spotify, and also we post some highlights on YouTube, and we're on social media as well. So make sure you follow those social media accounts but here at the Danny Picard show I will be back on Monday talk to you then